congratulations to our graduates. Such an accomplishment. Uh, we'll be in Matthew 13 this morning if you want to turn your Bibles. Uh, we are finishing up a sermon, a sermon series entitled, You Are Welcome Here. And we try to hit uh, just every definition for each of these words. What we mean by you is, is beyond, you know, just a surface level of you. Your, your sin, your doubts, your brokenness, it's all welcome here. And we mean welcome, uh, much deeper level, you know, than, than just, hi, how you doing, or a handshake. Uh, but being part of this community, being part of the fellowship of believers. And we talked last week about how here refers not to this building, uh, but to the body of believers. You and me, you're part of this, this community. And today, we're going to talk about a much larger piece of the puzzle, uh, that is the kingdom of God. So let's read together in Matthew's Gospel as Jesus tells a parable about the kingdom of God. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field, and though it was the smallest of all the seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants. It becomes a tree, so the birds of the air come and perch on its branches. And so he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in a large amount of flour until it worked through all of the dough. Will you pray with me, please? Father, I'm just very grateful that we can gather together, we can study your word, that we can worship your holy name. And we just pray this morning that as we study your wisdom, your spirit will guide us in all truth. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I love to cook. You may not know that about me, but I absolutely love to cook. And, and I love making new dishes, new recipes. And we live in a modern age, and so there's a lot of different ways to find to find different recipes on the internet, right? The most common way that I find recipes is on Pinterest. Anybody here have Pinterest? Pinterest makes me miss my grandmother's recipe book. It's, it's not simple. You find the recipe, and it tells you everything you need to know. Everything. You got a click out of ads. It tells you the history of meat and plants. And you got to scroll all the way to the bottom of the article just to find out what is even in the recipe. I don't want to read about your hobbies. I don't want to read for about where you're from. I just want to read the recipe. That's why I love these parables of Jesus. There's not a whole lot of fluff to it. There's not a whole lot of sifting through ads. It's simple. It's to the point. 
it tells you exactly what you need to know. The disciples asked Jesus in Matthew chapter 13, they said, why do you speak in parables? And Jesus answered, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Jesus doesn't fluff up parables with much at all. He uses everyday metaphors, and he teaches us a simple truth. Because the fluff, that's for the religious elite. Jesus spoke to the common man. And today's parable is no different. And the two parables are some of the shortest parables you'll find in Jesus. Jesus teaches about the kingdom of heaven. Elsewhere, we see Jesus also use the phrase, the kingdom of God. We're talking about the same thing here. And he says it's like a mustard seed. I've never seen a mustard seed. I don't know about you. But his audience had. And they knew that it was a tiny little seed that would grow into a tree-like bush. And bread. Who here likes bread? Ask Charlie about his love for bread. It's his favorite food. Maybe you've tried to make bread. And maybe you know that it doesn't take much yeast at all. You put it in the dough, you set it to the side, and next thing you know that yeast has permeated through the bowl and the dough, and it rises. The point is simple. The kingdom of God... It, it, it may look small to you now, like a seed or yeast, but just wait. It's going to grow into something really big. So this morning, we're not going to scrutinize or analyze this parable. We're going to walk through the meaning and implications for us today. So let's walk through it together. The kingdom of heaven is small, very small. You know, much has been said by critics about the lack of historical conversations about Jesus of Nazareth. Why didn't a lot of secular authors talk about Jesus of Nazareth? It's because Jesus wasn't born in a politically significant country. Now, we think of Israel today, right? As, as pretty dang important. But that's because we're Christians in the Western world. If the AP News existed when Jesus was alive, it would have been covering Rome. It would have been covering Babylonia. It would have been covering Persia and Greece and Assyria. Not a 30-year-old man from Nazareth who had no money and a few followers. And so when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, he's not kidding. It was tiny. It looked so insignificant to the world. In Acts chapter 1, verse 6, the disciples gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And do you hear what they're asking? 
They want Israel to be politically significant. They want AP News to talk about Israel and Jesus of Nazareth. If we could just get Israel back to the national scene, then we can make a difference. Well, Jesus, he had a plan. He said just a little amount of yeast can make a difference in a large batch of dough. Now, the Greek word used for large batch or large amount that you see in your NIV is actually translated as 78 pounds of flour. Anybody here ever seen 78 pounds of flour? That'd be like going to the grocery store and looking at all that flour sitting in front of you. He wants them to think of the kingdom of God as something very small or insignificant that can still make a huge impact in the world. And so that mustard seed, that yeast, it represents smallness, but it also represents mystery and humility, does it not? It's really hard for us to understand and see how seeds become giants or how yeast works through dough. All we can see are the results. We can see the starting product, and we can see the results. It would be hard to believe that something so small could become something so big. Even today, though the growth of the kingdom is is hard to trace, detect, or measure, churches often close their doors. Other churches build big buildings. Some communities stop meeting together. Others keep growing. And the kingdom of God seems to be very mysterious, right? Very mysterious. In 2009, President Barack Obama visited Buchenwald concentration camp. 56,000 people lost their lives in a horrible and inhumane way. President Obama was accompanied by German Chancellor Angela Merkel and Nobel Peace Prize recipient and former inmate at the Buchenwald uh, concentration camp, Elie Wiesel. During his remarks, Obama said these words, When the American GIs arrived here, they were astonished to find more than 900 children still alive, the youngest of those was three years old. These individuals could never have known the world would one day speak of this place. They could not have known that some of them would live to have children and grandchildren and grow up hearing their stories and would return here years later to find a museum, memorials, a clock tower set permanently at 315, the moment of liberation. They could not have seen how the nation of Israel would rise out of the destruction of the Holocaust with strong, enduring bonds between the United States and themselves. They would never know that one day 
an American president would visit this place and stand next to a German chancellor. A true mystery, he says. The world would never have predicted that this day, it was June 5th of 2009, nor could it predict the Roman emperor would elevate Christianity to a world-renowned religion. Do you hear what I'm saying? These folks could never have predicted that a Roman emperor would elevate Christianity to 100 years later. That Christ's followers in every corner of the world today. But Jesus knew, and his parables speak to the great mystery and humility of the kingdom of God. And it takes a lot of trust and faith to build upon something that's hard to see, explain, and touch. But Jesus speaks about this in Matthew chapter 7. He says, therefore, whoever put, hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. We know that that parable speaks to Jesus laying a foundation. And we can see the effects of this foundation because historically we have watched as nations and rulers and even the devil himself have tried to stop the kingdom of heaven. But that foundation was strong. Winds and waves could not break the kingdom of heaven. It stands strong. And it's a mystery. And it's small. But let's talk about the results. Did you know that 78 pounds of dough could bake 50 loaves of bread? A tiny mustard seed can produce a tree that birds can chirp on, that animals can lay under in the shade. I'm sure that Jesus had Daniel chapter 4 in mind when he gave these parables. Daniel 4, it says, These are the visions I saw while lying in bed. I looked, and there before me stood a tree in the middle of the land. Its height was enormous. The tree grew and strong, and its top touched the sky. It was visible to the ends of the earth. Its leaves were beautiful. Its fruit, abundant. And on it was food for all. And under it were wild animals found shelter. And the birds lived in its branches. And every creature was fed. This metaphor of Daniel chapter 4 is a picture of the kingdom of God. Friends, Jesus is giving a metaphor for the church. You are welcome here, and here should look like a giant tree that produces beauty and food and shelter. Unfortunately, the big C church hasn't looked that way for many in our world. Instead of beauty, the church has represents 
represented the repression of creativity. And instead of food, the church is given burden and rules. And instead of shelter, the church has turned people away. And the point, the result of these parables are clear. A small seed becomes large enough to feed and shelter and share beauty to the world. And just a little bit of yeast can feed so many. Enough bread for everyone to enjoy. You know, it's not a whole lot different than God's plan with Abraham. You remember in Genesis, God said that I want to bless you, Abraham, that you may be a blessing to the world, that your nation would be so big that the whole world would be blessed and that they would know God. They screwed that up too, didn't they? And that's on the macro level. You are welcome here in the kingdom of God, the big C church. And it's kind of screwed up. Sometimes it doesn't do its job very well. But you're still welcome to join. Let's look at this practically. The parables also remind us that God can take something small and do amazing things. The big C church can reflect what the local expression of church is currently doing. So join our local expression of church. Join our local community. And as we start feeding, as we start giving shelter, and as we start in expressions of beauty, the big C church begins to change for the good. We can't improve immediately on how the big C church looks, but we can be part of the change that's happening even today. I'm going to close on this thought about smallness, the mystery of God working into this beautiful result. You're kind of making it personal for you. You know, you, didn't, you don't have to ever attend church your whole life here in the United States of America. And I bet if you asked, have you ever heard of Jesus? <laughs> I, I would venture to say that the majority of Americans would say yes. And you can attend church on Easter and, and Christmas and still know the names Paul and Peter and Moses. These are big names. These are big characters in the Bible. But what about Barnabas? How many here have heard of Barnabas? He's not that big of a character. So if you haven't heard of Barnabas, don't be ashamed. He's a small character in the Bible. And Barnabas had some simple actions that he did in Acts. For example, Paul, he wanted to talk to the 12 apostles after he was converted. And the 12 apostles were like, um, no, you just try to kill a bunch of people, so we'll pass on that. 
And Barnabas said, no, I can vouch for this guy. Barnabas did. And then Paul would be the reason that the church's growth reached even the heart of Rome because of one action of one man. And when Barnabas, Barnabas was like, come on, Paul, I want to invite you to meet these apostles. There is no way he thought in his brain, man, Paul's going to one day speak before the emperor. No way. No way. But he was faithful in the small. And something big happened because of it. It's a mystery. I can't explain it. And I never know when that small little seed is planted. I never know how big that tree's going to get. But let me encourage you this morning that you can be part of something bigger just by having faith in God and living out what he's asked you to do where you live and you work and you play. We're going to move into our time of communion, and it's going to be a reminder that in order to work this out in the kingdom of God, we're going to need the help of Jesus. We're going to need to have the life-changing power of Jesus. We're going to sing this song, and I invite you to go to one of the communion stations and take your communion. And we'll take that communion together afterwards as Bill comes forward. Let's pray. Let's pray together, please. Father, I'm thankful for your amazing grace, for your goodness, for the life-changing power of your resurrection. And I pray, dear Lord, that as we gather this morning and as we take these emblems, we are reminded of the smallness, even of the simple action and the power that is represented in your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, dear Lord, for that sacrifice. We worship, we honor you, we give you all the glory. Meet us here this morning as we worship you in this simple way. And we pray these things in Jesus' name.